my one of my life goals is to be the good in someone's day um whether that you know be something as simple as giving somebody a smile um as as I pass them um because you don't know how horrible somebody's day could be and you could be the one person that made them feel seen that day and that might be what they need to keep going on and I feel like everybody deserves to be seen everybody um deserves to know that they matter and so if I can just pass that on to one person each day then I feel like I've accomplished something um And so that's just how I try to carry myself. That's who I want to be. Welcome to Contentious Talks, the weekly podcast where we talk to influencers, celebrities, politicians, and everyday people to show that we all have unique perspectives, and that's a great thing. I'm your host, Ryan Malinowski, and this is Mercedes Cool. Hi. Welcome, Mercedes. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Yeah, I'm excited. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I am an Illinois native, born and raised there for the most part. Um, after high school, kind of lived a little bit everywhere. I am an actress. I've been an actress for about three years. I love it. Um, do a lot of survival jobs as well. Comes with the territory. And you and I, we've been friends for 11 years now. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time. So grew up in Illinois. Where do you live now? Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Yep. Not the first place I'd think of to find an actress. Right. I know. I, um, when, well, when we moved here from California, I thought that was it. Um, but then I, I got out here and saw that there was a film industry and so after working for a couple of years decided to just take the plunge and I'm really glad I did California was hard I ended up just working you know nine to five um, just to make ends meet but out here it's a little bit easier people are really friendly especially in the industry everybody everybody's pretty welcoming and you can get a lot of experience out here before moving out west if that's goal cool mm-hmm. so why acting there isn't a female form of that is there actress well, not, but not acting. like the active version no why actressing why <laughs> um i you know i've always been a performer i was the oldest of uh like in my family um i was also the oldest grandchild there was the oldest granddaughter i should say So I was always thrown in front of the family to do something, whether that was singing or dancing. And I just went with it. I really enjoyed it. Okay. And I have performers in my family, a lot of musicians. Gotcha. Yeah. So you said you lived out in California for a while. Yeah, I was out there for about four years in Orange County. Okay. Yeah. What took you out to California? Um, I wanted to act. Okay. So I was getting out there. Um, a lot of people move out there, you know, right out of high school and it can work out for a lot of them. For me, I got busy paying the bills. Um, it, it gets hard out there sometimes you, you know, if you have no experience in acting whatsoever or performing no resume, um, it's just a very big ocean 
of people out there. And so over here, the pool is a lot smaller. And so I was able to get a foot in a lot easier. Okay. Yeah. So what's the process like when you're brand new in California or just brand new to acting? Um, what's first steps if somebody wanted to do that? I don't even know where I'd start. Yeah, I was kind of lost too. My, um, my initial goal was to get into a university, a school, and get into a performing arts program there, um, which I did, but it didn't work out in the end. Um, so I was a little lost as to where to go from there. Um, but I, I would suggest getting into a class or a workshop. That way you can start networking and getting to know people. The more people see you do your work, um, practicing and scene study, then they'll want to add you to their projects. And then you just get to know people from there, even more networking. That's, it's all about who, you know, gotcha. Yeah. So just like anything else, it's hard work. Yeah. Lots of work. Gotcha. What type of gigs have you had so far? Um, I've been on a few feature films, um, short films, a, a lot of indie stuff. Okay. Uh, a lot of commercial work is here in Dallas. So, um, I've done a lot of commercial work. There's also, um, like voiceover work over here. Funimation is based here in Dallas. I haven't really gotten into that yet, but that's my goal for this year and the coming year nice. to get more into that. Acting is everywhere, whether it's voice acting or like you said, commercial work, everything you see, those are actors. Rarely are they the real people. Right. I mean, some Chick-fil-A uses real people. I will tell you that because I almost got hired from them once. And then they found out I was an actor and said, oh, we can't use you. We want our customers to know that these are real people. And I'm like, but I'm real and I love Chick-fil-A. <laughs> They're like, no, you're gotcha. an actor. <laughs> so what do you do when it's not about performing? Like for work? No, in general. Like, uh, I mean, sure, talk about work. What do you do? outside of thinking about performing what do you do to unwind what do you do to have fun okay well to unwind to be honest i love naps <laughs> I, I live for naps like when you're on set it's like 12 16 hour days right so <laughs> um napping is a big thing i i love to color I know it's not very exciting, <laughs> but I love coloring. I'm like a big DIY crafty person. Like if I could have my own business, it would probably to have a gift store full of different things that I made myself. Okay. So I'm really into that. It calms me a lot. Music, um, the spa. So <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm into. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Anything you're passionate about, either socially, current event-wise, anything like that? I really am into, and I've, I've been into this since I was about 17 years old and I lived in Columbus, Ohio, um, learning more about the sexual trafficking, sex trafficking okay. pandemic that we have here in the U.S., um, when I was 17, I learned that Toledo was one of the highest ranked areas. Toledo, Ohio right. um, was one of the highest ranked areas um, for sex trafficking. And 
that really intrigued me. I also learned that most of the time it's a family member that gets their relative into sex trafficking, okay. which I just thought was awful. And um, so coming from Ohio and not thinking at all that Ohio would be on the map for this, it just really shocked me. Right. Um, and so ever since then, I've just been learning more about it right now. I believe it goes, it's either California or Florida is number one. So I think it's California, Florida, Texas, and then Ohio right now for the top four states in the U.S. Um, Dallas is a really um, high-ranked place as well. Um, I've seen a lot. Uh, last year, I think it was last year, I shot a short film about sex trafficking. And the locations that we used actually had set real-life okay. sex trafficking in it. So, um, so you did it in, like... In real locations. In real locations, yeah. Wow. It's just really heartbreaking. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you see examples of that in film like uh, Taken. Um, but I think people need to see the uglier side of it. It's it's awful. It breaks my heart. It's a lot more prevalent than a lot of people realize, too. Yeah, mm-hmm, for sure. How'd you start learning about that? I mean, I know you said that you were surprised Ohio was on the map, but what kind of sparked that journey? I'm trying to remember. I believe it was a news segment. Um, I think I think there was a place that was busted in Toledo. Okay. And, and then, surprised you. Yeah. Because gotcha. I, don't, I don't know if you've been to Toledo, but it's like in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, it's a very small place. The only thing I know about Toledo, Ohio, is uh, Clinger from MASH was from Toledo, I think. Like old... Yeah. Like old school television show. Yeah, really old school. Mercedes, how's Dallas area been affected by, you know, everything going on with current events right now? Well, right now, everything seems to be changing daily, as with, I assume, most of the nation. But, um, like, with COVID, for example, the numbers are rising um, by quite a bit each day right now in Dallas, um, which I think is partially because I, f I feel that we opened up a bit too early. I believe we opened up April 30th, okay. and then they opened the restaurants and bars mid-May um, and then from there we had Memorial Day we've had the protest we've had a lot of public gatherings and it's summertime everybody wants to get out True. we've already been stir crazy for a long time and I get it um, but as I said a lot of the uh, numbers are rising right now so we're feeling the effects of that um, because the bars just shut down uh, three days ago I think it was and restaurants are going back down to lower capacity levels uh, a lot of people are still really scared um, and then a lot of people just think it's a big hoax so we have a lot of mixed emotions a lot of people on edge for all different reasons currently so what's it like being a lady trying to make it ahead in acting it, it's a big mental game which I knew, but I wasn't, I don't think I was ever really prepared for. Um, I mean, we all deal with issues, um, you know, like self-image issues. 
uh, getting too hard, like being too hard on yourself. And as an actor, you really have to get a handle on those things because you can go to many auditions and not book something for a really long time. Sure. Um, but the thing that you have to understand is that casting directors aren't looking for your weaknesses or not looking for you to not be the one they want to find you and they want to find options. So, um, knowing that they're on your side does help with that a lot, but oftentimes, you know, you're like, why it's been so long since I've had a project. Like, is this even meant for me? Um, then you have those moments where you're just really high. You see yourself on TV or somebody texts you and like, Oh, I saw you this time and blah, blah, blah. And you're just really feeling it. So it's a constant wave yeah. of emotions. <clears throat> Positive mental attitude. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a business. You're selling yourself. Right. So you're wondering if you're doing the right things. You're constantly questioning um, the steps that you're taking. Um, if you're talking to your agent enough. Right. Or if you made a mistake, like, are they not going to call me back? Right. Well, and, and you're, uh, you are your brand. Yeah. So, like, when I can't imagine developing your name as your brand, you know, considering, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe, do you, uh, do you pay attention to, like, what you're posting on social media and stuff like that and considering what plays into um, those types of things, like, is there a concern there that, you know, you have to have a certain image up? Image. Um, you definitely think about that um, when you post things. But what acting has taught me or being wanting or trying to be in the public eye has taught me is that you have to know who you are, know what you stand for. And I want to say commit to it, but... I also say never say never, <laughs> you know, cause as you age, you change. Right. Um, but just know who you are and be comfortable in that, but also be comfortable with learning and unlearning things, you know? Yeah. And I think the biggest thing for me when I post things on social media is, am I doing it out of love? Because that's who I want to be regardless of who you are. And if I disagree with you, I want to be a loving person. I want to be known as being a kind person, but I also want to be known as somebody who stood up for what she believed in. Sure. I mean, that's good advice for anybody, not just people pursuing acting, right? Yeah, for sure. So like you pretty much just said, be consistent in whoever you are, you know? Yeah. Figure out who you are and be consistent in that. And, you know, um, and be willing to change when you find fault. Right. And your focus is to be loving. Not everybody's is necessarily that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like if, yeah. you're, if your brand or you, who you want to be is something different, then be consistent with that. Yeah. Right. So cool. So what was it like growing up in Illinois? What was, what was family life like for you? I was talking about this with my dad last week because he, he and I were both talking about how growing up in the city is much different than growing up in a small town, which we both grew up in a very small town in Illinois, the same okay. town. And he said, well, when people ask me how my childhood was, I always tell them that it was kind of like the Sandlot or kind of like um, the Wonder Years as okay. far as children being able to ride their bikes. And it was just, um, you know, very, pe neighbors were friendly. Yeah. And for me, it was sim very similar. 
um, I was able to ride my bike around, play with the neighborhood kids, go to grandma's house when it got dark, come home. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. And uh, I had a lot of family there at the time. Everybody's kind of moved down here to Texas since then, various okay. parts of the state. So we're not all together anymore, but it, w it was really nice. I wouldn't trade my childhood over there. Lots of cornfields. Yeah. <laughs> my first job was detasseling. Do you know what that is? No. What's detasseling? So do you know the little things that like stick up above the, at the top of the corn? Like at the top stock? of the husk? At the top of the very, like the stalk. Nope. Well, <laughs> you pull those things off. That's okay. what detasseling. So you walk down the field and you pull those things off. Why do you pull those things off? I have no idea. I just knew I was making money, so All I right. did it. It was How at the time I thought it was so hot. I think it was I was twelve or You're thirteen. 12? Okay. Yeah. Just walking through the field, picking stuff off the top. Yeah, I remember complaining. It's so hot. It's so hot. And now I live in Texas. Right. I didn't even know what hot was <laughs> back then. That's funny. Yeah. So why'd you move to Texas? I mean, it's not that exciting. <laughs> No? No, I mean, okay, Texas is significantly cheaper than Southern California. Okay. Like, we lived in Orange County, like, right by Newport Beach. Right. So, it's not cheap to live by the beach. So, you just moved to Texas? You just picked, yeah. a, picked a state on the map that was cheaper and moved? Well, I have family here now. Okay. My parents eventually moved here from Ohio. But know? were they planning to do that when... Yes, because their okay. parents already lived here, okay, and so they wanted gotcha. to be closer to them. So you moved to be closer to the family? Yeah. How is it living closer to the family? Because you lived away from them for a long time, right? Right. I moved out, like, right after high school. So I hadn't lived with them for a long time. My sister is seven years younger than me. Oh, wow. So, she, yeah, she was 11 when I left. So when we came back, it was so weird. I mean, I saw her holidays between them. Right. Um, but that's a, it's a lot different than seeing them almost daily for at least the first year that we lived here. Right. Um, so that was interesting because I would see her just like jump in the car and drive away to go somewhere by herself. And I was like, wait a second, you need an adult with you. <laughs> but I wasn't the only one who saw it that way. I, she told me later on, she's like, I'll, I kind of still see you as 17 year old Mercedes too. So it's weird for me because I'm 17 now, but you're still 17 in my head. Right. Um, but it's been good. Uh, I don't see them as much as I thought I would, but Dallas is so spread out. Sure. You, it's a long drive to get anywhere. <laughs> sure. Like my parents live about half an hour away from me. I, I don't know how other cities are, but I'm not used to having to drive a half hour to see somebody or to like go somewhere easy. I'm used to like five minute places. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, up, up North, I mean, even in bigger cities, it's not really, not really like that. Yeah. This DC metro area, you know, you could take 45 minutes, hour, two hours sometimes, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of smaller towns. I guess I've been spoiled cities. with living so close to the city because where I've worked has been about five to maybe 10 minutes away from where I've lived. Gotcha. So. Do you have something to say? Then consider being on the show. Go to contentioustalks.com slash guest and apply today. That's contentioustalks.com slash guest to apply. Now back to the show. All right, Mercedes, thanks for sharing with us. Next is everybody's favorite part of the podcast. 
It's called the Tough 12. All right, let's do it. All right, there's three categories. There's four questions in each category. They range from politics to philosophy to personal and religion. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> so what is a fair society is the first question. That's a good question, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, is there such a thing as a fair society? I'm asking you. That's true. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think do there... Think, do you think it's possible, I guess, then? As a... No. I, I don't think a fair society is possible. Okay. I don't... I think it's something that we should strive for in a lot of ways, but whether we're going to ever be able to accomplish it is a totally different thing. So logically, to know if it's possible or if it's not possible, you'd have to have a, a vision of what a fair society would look like in your mind. Yeah. So what's that look like? Well, I don't have a vision of that because <laughs> I, I don't think it's something that we can actually attain. There's so many different variables in everyone's life. Not a single person is the same. We do have things in common, U.S. citizens, um, Mexican citizens, you know, different countries. We might be brought up in the same social stat status, um, but or even go to the same school. So we do have commonalities, but every single person is different. So I think, I, I don't think that we'll ever get something that's fair to every single person, which is the ideal, but not all ideals are attainable. So because everybody's unique and different, um, you don't believe that everyone would agree on what a fair society would be. And that's why um, it's really not attainable. Yeah. So in lieu of that, what, what should we be striving for then? So the out, it sounds like you, the outcome, you don't believe that the outcome can be the same for everyone. Right. Okay. But I think that we need to provide everyone with the opportunity to be able to live a good life. Okay. And not everybody's vision of a, what a good life is, is the same thing. Some people think it's living in Malibu. That's a good life. That's the only good life. And some people think it's just owning a small piece of land and having something that's theirs. Sure. And honestly, I, I just think that we need to allow people an opportunity to be able to have something that's theirs. Um, oftentimes people get, get stuck, whether that's, you know, having a misdemeanor for something and all of a sudden they can't get jobs now. Um, whether that misdemeanor be something like abuse or, um, you know, something a lot smaller or considered a lot smaller right now, like having marijuana, it's getting legalized all around. So now do those, do those, um, convictions matter as much, you know, yet those people aren't able to get jobs. Um, awesome. Next question. Uh, what do you think is the number one issue facing us today, humanity, society, however you want to slice and dice it. In your opinion, what's the biggest issue facing us today? Number one issue, okay. Ooh, there's so many issues to pick from. Um, you know, I feel like tolerance is a very dangerous, dangerous word nowadays. You know, Right now, you hear a lot of people yelling and shouting, tolerance, tolerance. We all need to be tolerant of each other. But 
when they do that, they're being intolerant as well. You know, they're scream there are people that are screaming for tolerance, yet they're being intolerant. What I think people mean to say is they don't want hate spread around, you know? They don't want um yeah, I mean the hate's the word for it. They don't want violence because you guys don't agree on something. And I am totally for that. But if you are gonna yell tolerance and if you wanna be tall you want to be tolerant about something then you have to accept that people aren't going to agree with you. And you may think that their decision is immoral, but it's still their decision. Sure. As long as, I feel like as long as it's not breaking the law and it's not endangering somebody's life, then we need to agree to disagree. To some extent. So what if it's affecting someone's personal property? Like what? What do you mean? I'm just saying in general. Uh, and honestly, that I know that there's things going on right now that are affecting people's personal property. I wasn't even thinking about that. So you, you, you just had said, you know, if it's not endangering someone's life, um, but what about their ability to, you know, we, we just got done talking about um, having the opportunity, you know, to pursue whatever you want to pursue, essentially, to, to make things better for yourself. Does that only include infringement upon your life? That thing that people might be doing to you, I guess, is my question. Can you repeat that? Yeah. All right. So we just got done talking about, you know, the fairest thing is for everyone to have the opportunity, right? To, mm -hmm. to pursue the things they want to pursue. And maybe based on past actions, not everybody has the same opportunity nowadays. And that's kind of the way that side of the conversation went. Uh -huh. um, you had mentioned there that, you know, tolerance isn't really what people are saying when they say tolerance, that they, they don't want hate, which I agree with you. I think generally speaking, that's what people are saying when they say they want people to be tolerant. They're saying they don't want hate, but there's two sides of that. You had mentioned, you think people should pretty much have the freedom to do what they want to do as long as it's not hurting anyone, like anyone's life. I guess my point is, is that the only thing, is that the only uh, requirement in order to pursue opportunity that it doesn't infringe upon someone's life. Like if somebody wanted to have, like had an opportunity and in order to get that opportunity, they had to steal my car. It doesn't hurt me. It doesn't hurt my life. Is that an okay situation? I guess is what I'm asking. No, um, because it still affects your life. And I guess effect is a better word for it. Um, you know, I mean, what would happen if you lost your car and you didn't have a way to get where you needed to go? I mean, when you're negatively affecting another person, possibly prohibiting them from being able to do their job or go help somebody else, like if you take care of, if you're a caretaker, things of that, then, um, then no. Like, and stealing is wrong. Like, you need to do things within the lines of the law if the law is right. I think a lot of things do need to be revised. I mean, there's so many things that need to be fixed sure. out there. We could go on sure. for days about all of that. And I think where I was trying to go with the whole tolerance thing was um, just circling back a little bit is the can the cancel culture that we're seeing yeah. right now. Um, that That's another big thing that I see as dangerous for us right now. That doesn't allow people to um, change their mindset, to change who 
they have been for another better version of themselves. So I think that we need to give people a second chance before we decide to destroy their career or destroy their family life. Or, you know? or even even the flip side of it. I mean, what if what if they they're trailblazers, right? And whatever they said or whatever they did, and they end up being correct and right. You know, yeah. And a year down the road, we find out they were correct and, and right, but we went out and we destroyed their lives over it. It's really wild. sad when we we resort to hate because somebody disagrees with us. Right. So then we're in turn going to be hateful, and then if they do end up being right, like you said, a year or two down, and their life has already been destroyed, what are we going to do? Just say, "Oh, I'm sorry. Hope you're doing well." Right. You know, like what are we going to do to or remedy you, that? You can't rebuild. You can't rebuild what you lost. There's a big difference between being ready and prepared to defend yourself, defend your property. And then being scared of something. And so choosing to attack first, right. You know, um, like for example, and this is also an example of how skewed the news can be. Sometimes there was a man here that got beat pretty badly in our uptown area, uptown Dallas. I don't know if you saw that, but it was all, um, all over the country about this man that got, I think I saw that beat really badly in his body. looked pretty mangled it was it was very graphic but a lot of people had a video clip that was about 20 22 seconds which was basically just the initial beating okay what a lot of people didn't see was that he was chasing people down with the sword beforehand he was running at them then somebody one person took him down and then they all went after them or went after him do i think they should have beat him that badly heck no do i think that somebody should have gone and grabbed the sword or machete that he had and like help restrained him until he could gain his composure or somebody could come to help yes because he was just chasing after all of them just random people with a machete with a machete oh wow yeah and then he even went to twitter later on and said how it was dumb of him to do that. He was just afraid that they were gonna come to the building that he lived in, so he decided to go to them. And then also he was defending a bar that he liked. In the in a lot of news um, segments about this, they were saying that he was the business owner, which was not correct. Okay. He was just a patron of the bar. <laughs> Didn't want it to be ruined. Gotcha. Right on. So, do politics matter and why? So, I'm... I don't want to say I'm not into politics, because I am. Politics politics do matter. They're not the only thing, though. I think... This is a very hard question for me. (laughs) Why is it difficult? Um... One, because I haven't taken the time to fully educate myself. Okay, that's fair. I don't... I vote. I am I do listen to politics, but I'm not into it. And I think it's all the fighting that I see online and just when people meet up, especially in an election year. Sure. People just want to fight all the time. Whereas I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to voice my opinion at the polls, um, which is what I mainly like to do. So it is a hard subject for me um, just to speak about normally, but I know I'm in a safe place. I've known you for a long time and I know you know, you believe what you believe and you don't try to force that on me, vice versa. Um, But yes, I do, I do think that they matter. We wouldn't have fought for it for so long. 
um, if voting didn't matter, if politics didn't matter. So you're of the mindset of, if I heard you correctly, I think it's probably a pretty wise mindset that, you know, all the fighting doesn't really matter because ultimately it's going to come down to you voting about something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it happens once every couple of years or it happens once a year, you know, you got different elections and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and apart from that, you know, it's not something that you necessarily get involved in because you use politics to educate yourself on what you believe and how you want to vote. Is right. that pretty accurate? Yes. Thanks no, for I putting mean, that together for me. Sure. <laughs> I was yeah. like, uh, uh. <laughs> Right on. What role do you think government should play? What role do I think government should play in what? In whatever. In whatever, okay. In in life, in the world, in uh, your personal life. Okay. Um, I think that government should play a role in um, keeping structure maintaining structure in all of our communities as a country, as a state, as a city, um, keeping the peace as well. You know, I, I don't think that we can live in a lawless nation. We have to have rules. So uh, really, that's what I think the government should be a part of. So law and order? Law and order. More order. A lot more order. More order? Yeah. Does that mean less law? a little bit less law. I think that the police are overworked and I, I have relatives that are police officers or have been police officers. And I respect, I respect the law, um, enforcement. Um, but I think they are overworked. They are given, uh, they are being called out to too many things that maybe other, we could visit other avenues, other places that people more, more. Edu- yeah. yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Cool. Well, that's the first category, Mercedes. That's politics. Is that the hardest one for that you? That was the hardest one for me, I think. <laughs> we'll see about the other two, but I think I'm okay now. <laughs> Next category here is going to be philosophy. Okay? okay. So first question in philosophy is what is truth? I feel like there is God's truth, whatever your God is, there's God's truth, um, which is the ultimate truth. And then there's our truth based off what we've learned here in our lives. So what my truth may be, what my experience may be, may not be your truth or your experience. Okay. Because you can only base facts off of what you know and what you've learned. Um, so that's what I define as truth. So to some level, truth is relative to the person and their experiences. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that there's any, uh, absolute truth, meaning something that would not change? It would always be true. Yeah, I I do. Um, I think God's truth is the absolute truth. Might not be what I think is truth, but I I think my God's truth trumps what I've experienced here, you know, which can be difficult to accept. Right. But you have to choose that faith. When you come to a recognition of that type of truth, um, 
is it something that educates your personal truth essentially and beliefs and experiences and that type of thing I mean you have to allow room to let it influence you and see if you're able to um, change your mindset on things according to his thought or her God's thought I should say um Mercedes but is trying really, really hard. hard here not to offend anyone. Yeah, I really <laughs> like his, her, whatever, it. <laughs> By saying all of that, you offended someone. I'm I know, I totally did. <laughs> like she said, it. God's not an it. Okay, right on. What do you believe about people's ability to change? This is a hard one for me. Um, I... I want to believe that everyone can change. And that is, that is my initial belief that everyone can change. Everyone has the ability, should they choose to better themselves, to better themselves. Um, but I've had a lot of hurt in my life personally. And regardless of whether I've forgiven somebody for that hurt, I at times do struggle with whether that person can ever fully change or not. Um, so yeah, that is a hard question. I do believe that people can change, but it's also based off of what each individual person has gone through. There's some people that don't, that believe, you know, once, once somebody's addicted to something, they will never be able to get over that addiction. Like there's no redemption for them or as far as abuse, like they'll always, they have the mentality that they'll always go back to it. And I completely understand where they've come, they're coming from. Um, and I struggle with it myself. So the majority of who I am wants to say, yes, I do believe that people can change, but there is the part of me that I'm still dealing with the, the fear, the feel, fearful part of me that thinks maybe people can. Right on. How do you explain consciousness? Consciousness is, it goes along with your beliefs, like making deliberate decisions and being intentional. For me, that's what it is. Okay. Awesome. Now, last one here in philosophy. What? Oh, I thought you were going to say last one. (laughs) I was like, how many questions have we done so far? We've done seven. Seven, all right. Yeah, you're over halfway through. Okay. Barely. One question over halfway through. All right. But the last one in philosophy, uh, what exactly makes you, you? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that make me me. There's my DNA. It's mine. My specific DNA. There's only one of me. I wasn't a twin. Um, so it's biological? It's totally biological. That's more than biological. That's just one thing. Um, what makes me me? I think who I am is really how I also treat people, which I think I can be a pretty merciful or compassionate person. I think that's who I am. You feel like it's part of how you treat people, that you're merciful and, you know. uh, Yeah, I guess that's who I want to be. Okay. I think who I am is... So that's interesting. Well, I mean, who you you are is who you try to be and who you... 
the things that you do. That's who you ultimately are is what you do. Okay. Um, not meaning career wise, but like as far as your interactions with people and in the world. Sure. Um, I think I'm a lot of things. I'm a creative, I'm a female, I'm a Hispanic, I'm, I'm Mexican, I am Native American. I am as much as you probably won't accept it. I am a little bit Italian. <laughs> I am an artist. I'm, I'm kind, I'm quiet, I'm shy. Can you really say that you're, I mean, everybody is so many things. Um, I feel like, so I had to do a personality uh, audition. They just wanted to get to know me um, and they wanted me to talk about who I was. So I gave them a few things that I liked told them I was like a karaoke master and whatnot, try to make them laugh and stuff. But um, my last response, I think, will hopefully answer your question. And I told them that if there was one thing that I wanted them to know about me is that my one of my life goals is to be the good in someone's day. Um, whether that, you know, be something as simple as giving somebody a smile, um, as, as I pass them, um, because you don't know how horrible somebody's day could be. And you could be the one person that made them feel seen that day. And that might be what they need to keep going on. And I feel like everybody deserves to be seen. Everybody, um, deserves to know that they matter. And so if I can just pass that on to one person each day, then I feel like I've accomplished something. Um, and so that's just how I try to carry myself. That's who I want to be. Okay. Well, you're through philosophy. Was that easier or harder than politics? That was easier. I that think. was easier? Okay. Last category here, the tough 12, personal and religion. Okay. Yeah. What do you believe about God? First question. I believe God is a forgiving God. I, I have to believe that. Um, especially in my faith. I know that I am not perfect. Um, I know that I make mistakes all the time. And so for me, one thing that I value so much about my God is that he, he views me with grace and mercy. Um, so that's important to me. That's who my God is. What do you think happens after death? Um, I believe in heaven and hell. So I think you go to one or the other. I, I struggle with knowing sometimes where I fit um, in that. And I don't know if that's me being harsh on myself or me being too hard on myself at times. You know, the same, like going back to me thinking that I have a merciful God, but then at the same time, I'm like, well, wait, am I just doing whatever I want and not, not doing enough. Um, what was your question? What do you believe happens after death? Yeah. You go to heaven or hell, okay. I think. Yeah. So you were talking about whether you're doing enough, you know, one or one way or the other type of thing. You don't know which way or where you fit. I feel like that's the human thing. Like we, we want something that we can 
we want to believe things that we see down here. And so sometimes I think we attribute our faith, whatever faith that may be to doing good deeds or not doing bad things. Um, so sometimes I think that's a human in me that's thinking, Oh, I'm not doing enough because I really think that as long as you're repentant and you try your best to live according to your faith, then that's really what, what you need to be doing. Not necessarily running around, just making sure, oh, good deed, good deed, good deed, good deed, you know? So it's not all about what you do. No. Got you. What gives life its meaning? You know, I think that changes. Um, I think that changes as you grow in age and in wisdom and then you come to learn what's important in life and what's not. And I think for me, living my most authentic life is what's most important to me. I want, I want to be on my deathbed someday, hopefully far from now and, and know that I did everything I could according to what I believed that I could possibly do. I didn't shy away from opportunities because I was living in fear. I, I did everything with every breath that I did. Like I, I want to live, just fully live and not, not be timid and not hold myself back out of fear. Um, and when I say fear, it's not like, oh, I'm scared of like, you know, scared of like a monster or something like that, but being afraid of people's opinions or being afraid to embarrass myself. I don't want to be held back by those things. Last question. All right. Okay. What is love? I think love is caring. If I had to simplify it down to something, love is, love is caring about another person. Um, love is caring about and the way you care for anything actually the way you care for the earth you are loving the earth if you're taking care of it your animals your pets you love them by taking care of them you love yourself by taking care of you I think that's what love is awesome Mercedes well that's it that's the tough 12 you made it through all right. That was tough. I will give you that. So Design that way. Good job. I hope you have a lot more people that fumble a lot worse than I did through this. But I had fun. It was, it was painful, but it was fun. How can people uh, find out more about you? Uh, I mean, everybody's on Insta. So Instagram. Sadie's is my name. Um, you can also type in Mercedes Pool. Uh, I'm on IMDb as well. So you can catch me there. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate you coming. All right. You can just drop me off here. All right. Can you call me a lift, though? Sure. Okay. Next week on Contentious Talks. I grew up in northern Indiana in, huh? in the in the middle of cornfields in a very small town called Mentone, Indiana. Okay. Um, three gas stations, two bars, the nearest traffic light was 10 miles away. One of, one of the classic arguments for biblical pacifism is, she 
Jesus, what did, what would Jesus do? Would he take up arms against his enemies? No, he would love them. And he would say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And that's that's hard. It's yeah. hard. It's a, it, it's not a, it's not a it's not a ticky tack teaching. Right. That when you think about the implications of that, if I'm not willing to take up arms against my enemy, everything I have in this nation, in this country, comes from war. My wife and I adopted a little boy named Victor. We named him Victor. Victor Noah. And he, we had custody of him for 13, for 11 weeks. He was in the NICU a total of 13 weeks in Utah. And so I had seven, we had seven children. I stayed home with, in large part of the time with seven children. And my wife, Cindy was with Victor for those, the better part of those 11 weeks. I graduated with my PhD during that week, that first week. My oldest son graduated from high school and spoke at graduation. I spoke at graduation. It was it was the summer of all summers, 2013. I don't want to do it again, but it's one of those things you tell your grandkids about. Uh, yeah, so Victor is now seven in second grade. He is legally blind. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Contentious Talks. Did you like this episode? If so, consider sharing this podcast with your friends and family. To get notified about new episodes, please be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to connect more, like Contentious Talks on Facebook. To support Contentious Talks and for more content, consider joining the Contentious Collective for as little as $1 a month. To do so, visit ContentiousTalks.com today. Contentious Talks is produced, hosted, filmed, and edited by Ryan Malinowski. Contentious Talks, copyright 2021, all rights reserved.